Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'd have to look that way, which I You don't want to look at the sun. You want to see the sun splash onto the mountain. Well, then that actually which is behind us. So let's just change our configuration. <laughs> no, it's better for the camera to see it than us because then you can look at it back on the tape. Seeing it in person is much better than seeing it on camera. I disagree. Like, there are several concerts that I've been to where I've like filmed a lot of the concert and then I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have just enjoyed it when it was happening. As a content creator, I think it's really weird. But there are some experiences that I actually enjoy more watching it back than I would have seeing it at, in the moment. Mm. That's really weird. Yeah, you're weird. I don't know if that's a content creator thing or just a me thing. I think there are certain ways to edit things to make them feel more fun than it was in the moment. Yeah, there's sometimes yeah. like when you make a good video out of the clips you have, like in the moment there are like the way you experience it in real life it's not the same as when you edit the clips color grade them mm. and do a whole lot of post-production on them mm-hmm. and it almost enhances the reality of what's going on so like in a concert when you're recording oh. with your phone mm-hmm. obviously in those kinds of experiences the reality is always going to outcompete whatever you record you record yeah that's but fair. there are certain recordings or videos or pictures that you can take that can enhance the reality of what actually happened. And I think in those, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the biggest differentiating factor. Like there's a lot of like nature, maybe cityscape stuff that like when captured on camera or film mm. is actually better than experiencing it in real life. I agree. Yeah. Anyways, welcome everyone to another episode of the Rooftop Pod. Today, I'm joined here by just my sister, Rachel, and uh, Andrew. I think he's probably tired from skiing today. He skied for the first time today. Not for the first time, but for the first time on this vacation today. So he's taking a little break from this episode, and uh, we'll just be recording by ourselves. And the first question I have is, do you have a favorite brand of water? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do. But I personally don't. I'm very much so like water is water kind of person. I really like the water from... Not true. I know. I know it tastes different, but like most of the time I'm dehydrated anyway. So when I drink water, it hits. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I will say like the water that comes out of my Brita filter in college, like from my college house, so good. Mm. (laughs) It's so good. Brita filtered water is actually very good like Mm -hmm. it takes out all the metallic flavor from tap water yeah or the chlorine or the fluorinated taste yeah and it just makes it taste soft do you know what i mean yeah 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 it's less impressive yeah yeah i've also had new york tap water and i didn't really get the hype when i drank it 
there's hype behind New York yeah, tap water? Yeah, everyone's like, New York tap water is the best water. What? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Why? I don't is it know. Because it's the, it's New York's grimy and the sewage system's probably also super I mean, grimy. Their water and their water's probably also grimy. Maybe probably that's what, good. maybe that's why it's tastes better it's just like more flavorful yeah it's just more flavorful i know they did like i think it was epicurious or something where they all just taste tested 10 different waters like from fiji Mm. to dasani to mountain spring whatever and then new york tap water won like really really interesting yeah well what i have in front of me right now is dasani and i used to hate dasani i've never really liked dasani but now that i'm drinking it yeah Maybe it's the Colorado Dasani. I feel like Colorado water is good water. It's pretty good. I don't know why I didn't like it before. Maybe they changed the flavor profile because they <laughs> used to get a lot of crap for being like a crappy flavor. But my my favorite brand of water is uh, Kirkland Kirkland water. Kirkland is good. Kirkland has great yeah. tasting water. It's also really cheap. Um, but what water isn't cheap aside from like Fiji? You know, it's crazy that I've people had life can. Water? I've had, well, no, I've never had that, but I know there's like expensive water, right? Which is crazy. I don't have understand had, how people have yeah. been able to um, upcharge water and be able to successfully market upcharged water. It doesn't make any sense to me. Do you think me. part of it is the packaging? Like I know Life Water has really funky bottles. Yeah, the packaging is great, but does that actually enhance the water and drinking boss? experience? Oh, their <laughs> bottles are fancy. Yeah. And then there's boxed water now. Yeah, there's, and there's canned also, water. Yeah, what is it called? Liquid death. Liquid death. Yeah. That is brilliant marketing. Yeah. I watched a TikTok about how the guy marketed it as liquid death because oh, his reasoning was like everything is marketed as like this pleasant, nice thing, but he oh. wanted to do the opposite and market something For as water. negative. And so he, as a joke, marketed water as like liquid death. Yeah. And it actually ended up doing really well. That's really funny. Um, And I think there's some sort of like, uh, they they donate like some of their funds to some environmental protection agency. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they don't. Aluminum cans. Yeah, they use aluminum cans. But how much does that actually help save the environment? Aluminum? Yeah, because I I think, okay, I think a lot because aluminum, I think it's the most recyclable material. Like it's very, very easy to recycle aluminum versus plastic. There's like a lot of things where like it has to be a certain type of plastic and it has to be like a certain color of plastic. And there's like most of the time plastic isn't processed. I think just in general, aluminum is very easy to recycle and we have the most capacity to be able to recycle aluminum. Okay. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of renewable and green marketing is bullshit. I'd agree. Because there's a lot of greenwashing, yeah. Because like if you know how um people have been like, oh let's stop using plastic bags, let's use like tote bags yeah. or whatever. I was talking to a friend who was telling me that it would take you seven thousand individual uses of a tote bag to overcome the carbon footprint of producing a one plastic bag i mean that's what we're trying to because it's because the get rid of we're like the amount of labor and gas used for transport of that tote bag to get to you Um, is already building a carbon footprint that overcomes the amount that you're saving from not using a okay what if i made my own tote bag 
well, yeah, if everyone did that, then yes, we definitely re massively reduce the carbon footprint that <laughs> we're leaving on this earth. But that is not the case. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for like reducing your carbon footprint is sourcing locally. Okay. Yeah, I that's think true. We, we under um, under value underestimate or, how yeah much transportation exactly goes into contributing to the carbon footprint yeah right. definitely i messed up it's crazy i can't believe people sell expensive water yeah but I rich people need to find somewhere to spend their money right well now that i have a reusable water bottle like i just i've i haven't bought a bottle oh i lied <laughs> I don't buy bottled water, yeah. really. This is because our parents bought it for this trip, but I have my... My... Uh, Thermo flask. Thermo flask bottle over there. I do as well. Yeah. But I would like to go into, like, the, like, anything that's marketed as green or, like, environmentally mm -hmm. friendly, I would like to see just how environmentally friendly and green that product really right. is. Because I think at the end of the day the difference that that product make is marginal and mm. really that tag of being environmentally friendly or renewable or whatever is really just a marketing scheme to make consumers right. feel better about their um consumptionism yeah I'd, I'd agree great but it's like i don't know my friend was telling me she's taking a um class on climate change and like what we can do to solve it and basically the professor was like we're all doomed like we're too far gone now there's literally nothing we can do like there is simply nothing that we can do to even begin to address the effects that climate change is going to have i feel like having a defeatist mindset in terms of climate change is that it's definitely not productive right but is it count it's it's a counterproductive i'm i feel like it's a realistic way of looking at things because i think i mean we're already beginning to see like the adverse effects with extreme weather and like more hurricanes and things um and even just in ohio like we don't get as much snow as we used to and it's everything's like shifted back a lot. Like we used to have white Christmases a lot, but now it just like never snows in that yeah. region. So there's like a lot of there's a lot of different negative impacts, right? Right. I feel like the scale at which the res mm, what's what's the best way? Yeah, the scale at which climate change happens is it observable within a human lifetime? Sure, yeah. we see a lot of like natural disasters and these changings in climates, but I feel like the the really noticeable changes are like between sea level rise like yeah i don't know i actually don't know too much of the science behind climate change mm. um i should read into it because obviously we only have data within the last recordable maybe millennia of human existence mm -hmm. like how many cycles of large climate changes has our earth undergone because obviously we've had the ice age we've had yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of big big climate changes that the earth has experienced are we just going through another one of those cycles no yes but no okay <laughs> it's like this is very very accelerated like we're going through what would be our next age mm -hmm. like much quicker than we should which mm -hmm. is very concerning mm -hmm. um and there's also it's like when you look at the 
carbon emissions mm-hmm. data, it's like there's a huge spike after industrialization. Mm. Um, well, yes, because yeah. we're mass producing yeah. carbon dioxide. And it just keep it's like, it's insane. When you look at the graph, it's, it's like not surprised very by that. steady. As and soon then it just as, because of industrialism yeah. Yeah, yeah, across yeah. many different countries. And I think the estimate, I can't remember in how many years it is, but like Houston is going to be, Houston, Shanghai, like, major cities will be underwater very soon. I think within like the next 20, 50 years at least. Um, So yeah, and I think we're already seeing sea level rise. Like we don't live on a coast, but I'm sure if you did live on a coast, you'd be able to observe it much more easily. Yeah, I have a friend whose parents have a house on the beachfront in Seattle and the value of their home is plummeting because yeah. they have a beachside house and basically it's not predicted that that house will exist within the next couple of decades. Yeah. So I think that's like one of the major... Mm. God, my stitches are so ugly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home yeah, and I don't. I wouldn't notice that, I feel like, if you made that into a hat. Really? Yeah. I'm going to switch back to knitting. Crocheting is probably not my thing. <laughs> I think the way in which us con- humans are conditioned to live now, co- the convenience of having things mass produced, mm-hmm. basically, I don't think we have a way of turning back. Yeah. Because people don't know how to live a minimalist lifestyle anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially with social media or media and just in general, mm-hmm. just push pushing products in your face all the time. Like oh on TikTok, yeah. I get TikToks of, oh, look at these Amazon dupes for these Lululemon things mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, in the comments, immediate pu- immediately people are like, oh, like, send me the link, send me the link, send me the mm-hmm, link, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's like when we see something new and shiny, we want it immediately. Like yeah. the instant gratification mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like people who are like pushing or being judgmental about other people not being, like, is there even a point of being eco-friendly anymore? Like, it's see, inev- and this is it's like what I, I can see. Professor I can is, see where your professor is coming yeah. from now because w- us humans, we've been conditioned to be consumers now, mass mm-hmm. consumers, mm-hmm. and there's no way that we can go back to a minimalist time where we're just consuming what we need. Yeah, or even the the idea of reuse, like reduce, reuse, recycle kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think there was a little bit of a shift when people started moving towards thrifting versus buying new. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good trend. I really like trend. people buying secondhand, like DIYing things, crocheting mm-hmm. things for themselves. Um, but yeah, it's just like when you need something, that Amazon two-day shipping is you so can't helpful. Beat it. You yeah. cannot beat that yeah. instant gratification of wanting yeah. something and getting it to the to your door like two days later and it's even like a a safety net when especially when you're buying gifts and things like Mm -hmm. that it's like oh i don't really have to go out and search for things ahead of time because Mm -hmm. i know amazon will just get it to me in two days yeah how do you like unlearn those habits also like the fact that climate change happens at such a unnoticeable pace unless Mm -hmm. you're like studying it and seeing the trends yourself like in our day-to-day experience we're not seeing massive shifts in climate we're not experiencing these huge changes in sea level and because of that people are it's like a silent killer kind of thing Mm. it it reminds me of the movie oh you go what's that one movie leonardo dicaprio was in 
Inception? <laughs> no, no, no. The Netflix movie about climate change. Oh, oh, I hated that movie. Don't look up. Don't look up. That. Yeah. <laughs> I but like the idea was the same. It's just yeah. like pointing out how like this insidious earth killer is like slowly starting to destroy the earth. Yeah, it's there's not enough urgency to it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, oh, it's there, but we'll we'll get to it later kind of yeah. thing. And I think a lot of people also have the mindset of as individuals, we can't do much because most mm. of the biggest contributors to the bystander effect greenhouse gases is large corporations. And like what, like literally oh, what can we do about that? I see. Yeah. Because they're the biggest polluters. They're the ones, you know, yes, yes. I think the thing that comes to mind but, but the thing is yeah. at the end of the day the consumer is the problem because if we don't consume the product then the large corporations won't have a market to sell to well no okay so this is the first thing that popped into my mind was Pardon? concrete the process to create concrete um emits so much co2 and it's because of some chemical cr- reaction that happens i learned this in school and i promptly forgot it um, but okay. it is one of the most carbon intensive processes, but we need concrete for so many different things. Like we need it for yeah, sidewalks, definitely. we need it for buildings. Um, so it's, it's not the consumer's fault. Like there's, they're doing a lot of research into, um, seeing if there are different processes that they can use to decrease the carbon output while maintaining like the structural integrity of concrete. Mm. But at the end of the day, it still emits a lot of CO2. And like as consumers, we have no impact on that because it's not like we buy concrete. We don't buy concrete, but we buy houses. Houses are mostly made of timber. Yeah, but the foundation is set with concrete. Right, right? but I feel like that's timber such a at, small. Timber is also one of those uh, not green practices. Well, okay, everything used, everything Every, used yeah. to build houses. Anything that's um. mass-produced basically <laughs> is not green. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So I can, s- like I said, there are so many like silent killers mm-hmm. that we depend on that we're not even aware of. I can, s- like the professor is right in every way. Like there's no way of slowing us down yeah. at this point. Yeah. So what can we do as humans to kind of confront this impending doom? I think we should just prepare for living under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the best thing we can do. And maybe that's why people have like, (laughs) that's why maybe that's why so much money is being put into space space exploration exploration is because like one day when the world is no longer livable. Then it's like, wasn't that the whole premise of don't look up? Yeah. Many. Yeah. yeah, There's also at the end of the movie, there's a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. Wally. Wally. Plenty of movies that kind of explore this idea. Yeah literally abandoning the earth but um Um. but yeah i think humans i think that's the next stage is like all right screw it we can't unlearn all the habits that we've learned over Mm -hmm. the last i don't know century of industrialism so -hmm. the only thing we can do now is to adapt to and i think there's probably a better way of handling this situation than looking for ways to escape this earth I think, okay, so another one of my professors, I took his class. I loved him so much. Um, Dr. Rutten Lal. He won the World Food Shout Prize out. in like 2021. He loves he um, soil science. Food Prize? Mm-hmm. Oh, because you grow Cause food soil. soil. 
the way he describes soil, this man loves the soil. He was like, in his papers, you can just tell by the way that he writes about soil. He romanticizes soil. <laughs> he really does. He's like, soil is the giver of life. Nothing would exist without soil. Like, we all talk about air. We all talk about clean water. water but everyone ignores soil. <laughs> the unsung hero yeah. of our society. For real, though. But um, his... His research is in carbon sequestration. So it's like taking carbon out of the air and sequestering it through different ways. So his was specifically with um, soil, like sequestering mm -hmm. carbon in soil. And there's like a bunch of different agricultural practices that help you do that. Um, but that's like another Is it not through plants? Because don't plants absorb yeah, exactly. CO2? So, but there's also a lot of agricultural uh, practices that released CO2, like unsequester the carbon i don't know the technical terms mm. from this i took this freshman year okay. but it's like tilling plowing kind of things like that so oh releases co2 from the ground yeah yeah so there's a lot of things where there's like no plow methods and what whatnot i can't remember a lot of <laughs> this class unfortunately but it was super interesting um but i also know there's a lot of carbon scrubbing technology that's being carbon investigated scrubbing. right now yeah okay. yeah so there's like different structures that can take they basically act like plants, but it's material that you can make, like build buildings with that will scrub CO2 from the air. air. Yeah. So like buildings that basically sequester CO2. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Those kind of innovative ideas are super fascinating. But then what mm -hmm. does the CO2 do? Like, are you growing plants out of your house? No. So that CO2, it's like, it's a chemical reaction. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it gets turned Reacts into something and else. Forms yeah. something else. Yeah. Like sugar for plants? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Again, I can remember the slide, but I cannot remember. Interesting. The, the but how action. much of an impact do these technologies make? Like, are you reducing like a, a meaningful amount of CO2 from the air, or is it just like a negligible amount? And it's just like a cool little trick that we can do. <laughs> cool little trick. Yeah. Um, well, right now, it's probably a cool little trick just because. It's not something that mm. we're really using mm -hmm. in practice a lot because mm -hmm. it is so new. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is some hope in that. Mm. But yeah, again, we're like moving at a pace so quickly towards, you know, earth warming, everything underwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Like, it's do we have enough time to implement these yeah, technologies? Exactly. But, you know, that professor that taught that class, because it was like soil and climate change, um, he was very hopeful. And mm. so the fact that this 80-year-old man who has dedicated his life to soil and climate mm. change is hopeful, like, gives me hope as well. Yeah. He's like, the Hasn't future... Hasn't become jaded to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, the future lies within the young people. <laughs> like, you guys will be able to... He has so much faith in us to solve this problem. Yeah. He's like, it's all about the individual choices, too. And it's like, not taking the elevator when you don't have to. And, like, little things like that. See, the thing is, yeah. when I make the personal decision to take the elevator or to drive instead of bike. I'm just like, if I chose not to ride the elevator or chose not to drive to work, mm -hmm. that does nothing. It will literally do nothing. Realistically, it does like nothing. It's, it's like orders of like magnitudes below what actually needs to, like I think we can't yeah. start putting, the responsibility can't be put on individuals. Because mm -hmm. individuals, even together, I don't think make that much of a difference. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest differences that can be made are like large efforts to like either implement new technologies or to hold like large corporations and large 
manufacturers accountable mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah, but then there's that's a whole other issue because we live in a capitalist, capitalist society, society and yeah. lobbying exists and mm-hmm. no matter... Mm-hmm. The U.S. is so far behind in, in climate change policies mm. in comparison to, like, Europe. Yeah. I, another one of my professors... I love being in this, in this bubble. Um, but another one of my professors, it was environmentals engineering intro to environmental engineering okay she was like just by living in europe like your carbon footprint decreases by like 50 60 percent holy because public transit is so Mm. widely available most people walk places it's just a lifestyle there Mm. just makes it so much easier to not like Mm. like emit carbon yeah i mean the the cultural value of individualism here Mm-hmm. definitely makes con- like definitely heightens consumerism mm-hmm. and enlarges the carbon footprint because our overall mindset is not like taking care of the earth taking care of other people living mm-hmm. on this earth it's mm-hmm. about how can i best take care of myself right yeah, now how can i live my best life yeah yeah but it's interesting to see because that's that western idea is kind of spreading to china and like east asia i really? feel like i feel like yeah Oh, I mean, because China's going through their own industrial period right now mm. and like their own economic boom, boom, where a lot of people have <gasps> now... The sun already set. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, personally, I... Uh, what were we talking about? I forget. <laughs> um, Got sidetracked. Back. Oh, uh, ADHD. Uh, you know, uh, Asia and Western mindset of individualism and how it's spreading mm. there and economic boom. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Mark about this. Like China has made an effort to kind of fight off this Western influence in terms of society, economics. Mm. And that's kind of why they've kind of had like kind of a chokehold on letting the economy becoming more capitalistic. But then see, okay, I'm not an expert on this, so I'm not going to talk on it. But I had a conversation with Mark about <laughs> it and it was very interesting. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. But I think it's definitely this these Western ideas are definitely spreading to Eastern Asia culture. So, I mean, a lot of people won't care about the environment until it starts affecting them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is true for a lot of things. Like people don't really care. about Oh, yeah. Until it personally, personally affects them. affects them. Right. So a lot of people are worried about climate change now because the, with global warming, uh, winters aren't as cold. You don't get as much snow and rich people can't ski. I also can't ski, but I'm not rich. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people can't ski. Either. So what? Th- there's like a movement going on, like protect our winners or something like mm, that. Pow, pow, like mm-hmm. in Colorado, mm-hmm. where people are trying to. I'm still waiting for my sticker. You're getting a sticker. Yeah, they were like, sign up for this, and we'll give you some free stickers. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> right. Sorry. The the Continue. way to really market or convince people that global warming is something you should care about is to be like hey if you don't care about this something you care about will be taken away from you yeah but i don't know our winters aren't necessarily warm at least since i've started skiing they've just become shifted yeah yeah. like the the ski season last year was ridiculously long like people were skiing in june yeah which is insane oh i mean in colorado people here ski Literally well, yeah, year-round, but I'm talking about, yeah. uh, like, the big resorts. Like, people were uh, resort skiing till June. I see. Okay, so 
when I've learned about global warming and is it isn't necessarily that winters are getting warmer or like every every season is becoming warmer. It's that things are becoming more extreme. So like winters mm-hmm. are actually colder now. Um, summers are intensely more hot. And like I think summer is when you can really tell because mm. we had a lot of incidents this summer where a lot of places like the do you remember in the UK it got up to like a hundred degrees and shit just stopped working. Like a in bunch the UK. of yeah. Oh like people mm. lost power, um roads roads, bridges, things things were just not working. I remember Texas froze over. Hot. Yeah, that too. Yeah. My kids in Texas called it snowpocalypse. Yeah, my friend yeah. my friend who lived in Austin, Texas, his water pipes froze over and they all burst because water expands. Dang. So yeah. he lost his, impar- his apartment. Yeah. Like he had nowhere to live for months. Yeah, I had a friend. I had friends at UT Austin and they could not flush their toilets. That's crazy. Yeah. Because of all the pipes were clogged because yeah. they don't have a system to warm the sewage mm-hmm. drainage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's like one of the biggest things is just weather patterns are becoming more extreme. And we've seen right. that in a lot of hurricane events and mm-hmm. extreme weather mm-hmm. events occurring, mm-hmm. like especially towards the end of summer. Um, and that doesn't necessarily affect us in the Midwest, but yeah, I hope that, I hope that cities. causes people to move more inland because then my property value will increase. <laughs> Okay, just I'm a prime example of individualism and yeah. selfishness. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to like knowing my own mindset, I'm like trying to think how can I get myself cuz like I don't live in Texas, I don't live in the mm-hmm. UK. I haven't experienced any of these things. Like how do I get and even people who do live in those cities and like wildfires. Yeah, wildfires in California. California. Once you move there, maybe But the thing start the, but the thing is people who live there still don't care. Like they don't connect the dots. And it's hard because it's not necessarily oh. an immediate dot that well, maybe yeah. in California because people are already preconditioned to think right. that everything's connected to climate change and right. global warming, which probably is. Mm-hmm. But like people in Texas aren't going to be like, oh, this is a product of global warming. Yeah. Because it doesn't it make sense. Once. Yeah. And it's also the opposite of what global yeah. warming means. You know, right. it's a tough time. It's a it's a really interesting issue. Um, but I remember this is like global warming has been talked about for a long time. There was a kid who Mm -hmm. went to my Mm -hmm. high school, um, or middle school. Um, very sweet kid went to our church. I don't know if you remember him. I'm going to bleep this out, but. Oh, was he the one with the glasses? He went to Chicago, studied law there. Yeah. He in middle school was made fun of a lot because he would preach global warming all the time. Yeah. He was way ahead of his time. He would just. Constant, yeah. and then people would like like the way that people would piss him off or like uh tease him would be like mm-hmm. hey global warming doesn't exist and Dang. like he was super passionate about it right good for him yeah that's but awesome yeah to this day like you i feel like people who are super passionate about that you can only passion can only go so far because you have like greta thunberg she was times like most right 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 yeah. yeah maybe it's just like the i think it's like candace owens right. Not to name drop, but oh, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump, like they just make fun of her. Mm. And I think for me, I look at it and I'm like, they're just jealous. Like they don't have a platform. They don't have like something as substantial as her to stand mm. on and like defend. And so all they can do is tear her down, mm. which is like so petty because she's a 15 year old girl. Yeah, <laughs> And like people make fun of her for being like uh, on the spectrum. And like, really? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, what? for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, if anything, that's that that 
almost works to her advantage like despite yeah. i mean it, it doesn't really have anything to do That's with her so like ableist. passion yeah but yeah oh god people <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting mm -hmm. but like I, I don't know people will do whatever they can to fight for their own consumerism their own selfishness mm -hmm. and their own individualism mm -hmm. like people hate having ideas forced upon them especially oh, yeah. people in america so yeah, i feel yeah. like almost like that really loud tactic of like preaching global warming mm -hmm. and climate change mm -hmm. actually has the opposite effect yeah there's been a lot of like it's group polarization um protesting that's been going on where mm -hmm. especially in europe where people have thrown things at like famous artworks yes the tomato soup yeah on like like the cake yeah, like on like yeah. super high profile, like coveted, very mm -hmm. valuable historic art pieces. Oh I don't understand so like what, what, where like does what that does get that accomplish? you? Yeah, yeah. Like it, anything, anything it, it pushes people further away. More, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole American social political system in general. It's just like as people attack each other more, the more polarized we are as a country. Right, right. And um, there, I mean, people could talk about this forever, but right. and people have studied this, but there's. It, there's no easy way to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Dang, what a world we live in. I feel like we're living on an exponential curve. And mm -hmm. as we get more and more polarized and as people are more set and set in their ways, mm -hmm. like the world's just going to explode. Like <laughs> we're, we're, we're marching into like nuclear warfare basically. Because mm. basically at the point of... Um, what's the call the limit the you know in a in a curve there's like a oh the asymptote asymptote once yeah. we reach the asymptote there like the end game for this earth is is nuclear warfare so as we get more Dang. and more polarized and as people differ more and more from each other mm. nuclear warfare is where that we're makes me but, think of but the only yeah. saving grace is that people care about their lives and that people <laughs> won't resort to a global nuclear war because, because, they, care about because they also care about their lives. So that's the one saving grace. That makes me think about, at least when you brought up nuclear warfare, the first thing that popped into my mind was North Korea and then to Brittany Griner, like the NBA. You mean Russia? Oh, <laughs> yeah. My bad. Yes. Russia. Yeah. Um, in that whole yeah. situation. I can't believe we traded like a uh, arms dealer for Brittany <laughs> Griner. Like in a, it's like an NBA trade, but <laughs> <laughs> across, across countries. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a pretty interesting trade. I don't know if we won on that deal or not, but <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. I wonder have, if they would do yeah. that for any other, like just regular, regular citizen. US citizen. I'm sure it happens. Trading someone? I'm sure someone has gone to Russia and accidentally brought their like, marijuana vape <laughs> and like been detained I know but they're just not a high profile person so they don't get any news coverage there was there was one guy that went to north korea there was one guy yeah. from cincinnati ohio oh yep he, he went really? to north korea he yeah. stole a picture of kim jong-un mm -hmm. and um he got caught mm -hmm. they imprisoned him i don't mm -hmm. know what they did to him but his family yeah. his family is from like moeller i think really like from cincinnati yeah, yeah. and um I forget who negotiated to get him back. But yeah, I, so I guess yeah. maybe the U.S. government does do stuff to get yeah. U.S. Did citizens back. Did he, is he okay? No, he died. Okay. That's so he that's was flown thought, back yeah. from North Korea to um, Cincinnati Children's Hospital and he was oh, treated there, okay. but he was like in a coma already when they sent him over. Dang. So no one knows what exactly they did to him. Yeah. But like we can't hold North Korea 
accountable because right. they have nuclear bombs. Yeah. Like, what are we going to start a war over the death of one, one citizen. citizen who, yeah. like, stole, like, he was technically in the wrong here? Yeah. Doesn't mean that <laughs> he deserved that. No, he definitely didn't, o- yeah. obviously. But yeah, yeah. the U.S., like, the U.S. But government like did what they could. Yeah, they yeah. got him back, even yeah. though, like, at that point, it was already too right. late. Yeah. It's a crazy story. Yeah. I remember he was, I think I was working at Cincinnati Children's when, when he happened? was, when, yeah, when it happened. Was he, like, in Well, I, I forget when this happened. I can look it up, but, um, yeah. Was he at Children's while you were working there? I think so, but I don't work in the department that he was being held at. Anyways... This has been another interesting and sporadic episode of the Rooftop Pod. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We we were kind of all over the place (laughs) here, but that was a fun conversation. Um, Tune in next time for another Rooftop Conversation with me and my siblings. I am your host, Jesse, and signing out with me is my sister, Rachel, and not my brother, Andrew. We will catch you on the next pod. Peace.